1: media this is unholier than that i'm your host philip picardi after one month of playing kelly clarkson's wrapped in red deluxe on repeat that special time is almost upon us christmas day and while we may know the true heir of christmas as miss mariah carey it is a lesser known fact that the holiday originally started to celebrate the birth of someone named jesus christ i know i was shocked too as we've explored in this podcast for many episodes, the story of Jesus has been so twisted, so turned, so manipulated, that it's hard to get a grasp of who the guy really was. For example, did you know that historians mostly agree that Jesus, a Middle Eastern Jewish man, was not blonde and blue-eyed as all that Renaissance art depicts? Go figure! To help me set the record straight, and I do not mean that in a homophobic way, I'm thrilled to welcome my friend and the host of the undistracted podcast, Brittany Packnett Cunningham, Brittany, welcome to Unholier Than Now.
2: Thank you, Philip. I'm so, so glad to
1: be here with you. Likewise. Now, one thing I know for sure about you is that you love Jesus. Is this true?
2: (laughs) This is true. This is true. I do love Jesus very much. I was raised by two people who love Jesus so much so that they were ministers. My dad was a pastor. My mom is... A minister. My brother is a minister and went to divinity school and followed in my dad's footsteps on that. So, yes, I believe that Jesus is the lover of my soul. And I am so grateful to be loved by somebody who wants my liberation here on earth just as much as he wants it for me in heaven.
1: Okay, wow. You didn't have to show off. I mean, that was a (laughs) lot about the pedigree of how much you love Jesus. So, I am excited today because I'm hoping we can talk about Jesus in a way that he's not often talked about. And also, I'm hoping we can do so by playing a little game. Are you down to play a little game about Jesus with me?
2: (laughs) I'm always down to play
1: a game. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. I hope that your minister family is listening because this might be a little embarrassing and sacrilegious. Everybody, welcome to a special Christmas edition of a game I am inventing as we speak. It's called Jesus Christ Social Justice Star. Pause for (laughs) applause. Okay, Brittany, here are the rules of the game. I'm going to name some statements that I have here about Jesus. And your goal as the contestant of this very real, very official game show is to (laughs) tell me whether or not what I'm saying is true and why or why not. Are you ready? I'm absolutely ready. Okay.
2: Wait, is there a prize?
1: Yes, I will reveal the prize at the end of the game.
2: (laughs) Okay, deal. Okay,
1: okay, great. (laughs) Statement number one. Jesus Christ
2: was a person of color. True or false? Absolutely true. I actually didn't know who white Jesus was when I first saw him. I was very confused (laughs) because every image I ever saw of Jesus before that was the bronze skin that the Bible said he had, the woolly hair that the Bible said he had. Um, When you actually look at Jesus' lineage and where he spent his childhood and his life, it was not in Europe. (laughs) It was (laughs) and <laughs> what is, uh, a, a, you know, a place where brown people reside. So, yes, Jesus is a person of color. And the quicker we can get away from this Jesus who looked like, I don't know, like a a Midwestern cowboy, the sooner we can get to talking about the real Jesus and what he really wants us to do. Absolutely. Okay. That brings us to part two. Jesus
1: Christ was born an asylum-seeking refugee. True or False.
2: Absolutely true. And listen, that little manger that people like to put out in front of their house, like it's mere decoration, uh-huh. his family was rejected, right? They were not yeah. people who were well healed. They were not people who had all of the bells and whistles. And Jesus absolutely was a brown-skinned, woolly-haired refugee. Okay. And let's also talk about the
1: asylum-seeking part, right? Because Mary was literally in the middle of the desert she had to put her baby in a manger because there was this king who was trying to kill firstborn
2: babies, right? That's exactly right. And that's what asylum is. Literally when the government of a nation is trying to persecute a certain group of people because of their lineage, their background, their race, their station in life. That is what causes people to seek asylum, both now, today, and in the time of Jesus Christ.
1: Okay. Part three, Jesus Christ was a feminist.
2: True or false? This is one of my favorite ones. It is absolutely true. That is, if you understand what feminism actually is. What is feminism? (laughs) Feminism, very simply, is the belief that people of all gender identities, plural, not just binaries, but people of all gender identities, should be treated equally under the law. Period. End of story. Right? You can continue to expand that when you look at womanism, when you bring intersectionality, into the conversation. But most fundamentally, it is that. And Jesus was somebody who was deeply committed to the idea of justice here on earth. You can tell by what he said, by who he spent time with, and by the sacrifices that he made. So Jesus is absolutely somebody who's going to stand for all people being treated equitably. Yes, including women, gender non-conforming people, people who aren't men. And it also should be said that
1: the first people that Jesus appeared to after the resurrection were women.
2: They were women. And to be very clear, they were women that society would have cast aside, right? You have Mary Magdalene, who was thought of as a harlot. You have Mary, his mother, who gave birth to him by immaculate conception. And you know how the people talk when they hear rumors of people giving birth out of quote unquote wedlock. So not only did he first appear to women when he came out of that tomb, he first appeared to women who exemplify so many of the things that we cast out and marginalize in society right now.
1: Yes. Okay. And not just as society, but as as a Christian society, Mm -hmm. I would point out. So there's a lot of irony here. Okay. We'll be right back after this.
0: Holier Than That is brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Sometimes you you know the answer to those and sometimes you don't. And so it's helpful to talk that out with someone, which is why I'm so excited to recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed and professional therapist to connect you in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient. You start communicating in under 24 hours and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response back. Plus, in addition to that, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you kind of work your therapy around your own schedule. It stops becoming this chore and starts becoming this thing that you could like even look forward to. All without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, which was always my least favorite part about therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it really easy and free to change your counselor if you need it. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. And the service is available for clients worldwide. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not be locally available to you, which is why online therapy is such a great idea. Licensed therapists and counselors, they specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. They're professional. It's affordable. Just go to their site. Look at these testimonials. People are raving about better BetterHelp, um, but it is not a crisis line. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And I want you to start living a happier life today. I really do. So as a listener to Unholier Than Now, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com unholy. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com unholy.
1: All right, y'all. We have a new sponsor that we're really excited about. Lord Jones, makers of the world's finest CBD products. CBD, as you know, is all the rage these days, but pioneering brand Lord Jones is considered the gold standard. For years, they've been changing people's lives with their premium CBD products. Lord Jones has long been a favorite among celebrities worldwide, showing up in the Instagram feeds of Hollywood's biggest names. And now they're inviting you to experience the finest CBD products available. From world-class skincare to tinctures to decadent gumdrop confections. If you're curious about what CBD can do for you, trust me, you want to start with the best. Lord Jones is crafted with the highest quality ingredients and premium hemp-derived CBD that's lab-tested for purity, strength, and consistency. Plus, Lord Jones makes the perfect gift. Go to lordjones.com unholy to get 25% off your first order. That's lordjones.com unholy to get 25% off your first order. lordjones.com unholy. All right. Now back to Brittany. My next one. Are you ready? Yeah. Jesus Christ was a messy queen who lived for drama.
2: <laughs> True or false? Oh my gosh. Phil, you... <laughs> the,
1: the clock is ticking, Brittany.
2: I'm going to say false. Ah! <laughs>
1: You're wrong. But go ahead. I'll let you explain why.
2: Here's <laughs> Here's why I say so. Now... There are plenty of dramatic things that happened in the Bible. There are plenty of dramatic characters. Loved drama. Including the disciples of Jesus Christ, right? We mm-hmm. often like to talk about Judas, but Peter was messy. All of them were messy because they were human beings. Yep. But Jesus urged us to live by the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are the opposite of being a messy queen that <laughs> loves drama. What I will say is that Jesus was never afraid to get into our mess with us. And that's part of the reason why I love a brown-skinned, woolly-haired, feminist refugee Jesus, because he doesn't judge me for my own mess and is helping me to exit my mess whenever possible.
1: Okay, so what do you then say to the various folks on TikTok, the good Christian folks on TikTok, (laughs) who have made memes recreating The Last Supper as though it were a dramatic scene from The Real Housewives?
2: I mean, I think it's hilarious. You can't tell me that Jesus walked this earth and did not have a sense of humor. It would be impossible <laughs> to see all of the things that he saw in his lifetime and not point at humans and be like, what are y'all doing? This is hilarious. I think they're hilarious. I personally love Easter memes. I really love Resurrection Sunday memes. I send them to my mom all the time. And she's always like, oh, Brittany, I don't know if I should be laughing at this. And I'm like, but you are <laughs> because it's enjoyable. What is
1: a resurrection meme, Brittany?
2: Yeah, so like there's this, there was this picture of, again, a white Jesus, so it doesn't really count, but he was talking to this group of kids and he was like, yeah, so I like, you know, I went to hell or whatever, and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna stay here. And so three days later, I was out. (laughs) Like that, those are very funny to me. Or like the ones that's like, like, I'm back. Yeah, those are great. I love them. I think, I think Jesus memes are fun. And listen, if a meme on TikTok is going to help somebody say, oh, let me actually investigate this thing in a real way. I'm all about it.
1: That's heartwarming, actually. That's a really nice way of looking at it. I would also point out that there was that whole episode where Jesus Christ flipped over the table in the temple and Teresa Judice famously flipped over a table in the Real <laughs> houses of New Jersey. <laughs> so unfortunately, your assessment that Jesus Christ was uh, not a Missy Queen who lived for drama, yeah, better luck next time. Okay. No,
2: but listen. Okay, wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, okay. wait, wait. While wow, contesting like, the results of this, of
1: this game show. Yep. <laughs>
2: like to um, I would like to appeal this one because when he was flipping the table he was flipping the table in the name of what justice he was actually saying to wealthy people who wanted to prioritize money over people that not only is this not okay that I as your savior I'm not going to tolerate it Mm. so in my opinion that's not a messy queen who loves drama that's exactly the kind of table flipper I want to be
1: okay all right okay I will consider your appeal and (laughs) lay down my verdict at the end of the game show okay Thank you. Number five, Jesus Christ believed everyone deserves health care.
2: True or false? Absolutely. It's Proverbs that says, he who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Jesus' father made it pretty clear that if you are kind to the people in need, whatever that need is, then you honor me. You honor God. If you don't, you show contempt for me. These are the things that are, are really simple in the instruction manual if you happen to read it, if you bother to read it.
1: Yes, and and Jesus is famous for healing lepers, going to people who were living with leprosy, making sure that they did not feel like they were outcast by him or by his father. I think that all of those things add up to someone who believes that everyone deserves healthcare and also quality healthcare and compassion from the world, aka Jesus Christ would be wearing a mask if he were walking the earth today. Yep. Okay, next up, Jesus Christ was an anti-establishment activist. True or false?
2: Oh, absolutely true. This is my favorite. This is why I tell people I didn't recognize blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, because the Jesus that I was raised on was a liberator. My parents, my father was a scholar of liberation theology, which is a set of scholarship by a man named James Cone that was specifically targeted toward Black folks in the Black church, but is applied in lots of ways. When we understand, again, that Jesus was a liberator, Jesus was somebody who existed outside of the system to fulfill the law, right? So he took on all of the injustices that the law put forward for the sake of the people who chose to follow him. Now, what we really fundamentally have to understand is, as an outsider, it required that he spoke truth to the powers that be. That's why he was flipping tables. Mm -hmm. And it also required that he spent time with the very people That society marginalized then and now, right? So, like you said, people who were very ill, people who were cast out by society, people who were poor, people of color, people who were not the wealthy tax collectors. But when the wealthy tax collectors came and said, I actually want to live a different life, he accepted them too. So, absolutely, he was anti establishment, he was countercultural, he was an activist. He was a liberator. He was a freedom fighter. And all of my inspiration for what I try to do, so much of it comes from Christ's example in that way.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. I could snap a million times to that. Okay. Well, in in a slightly more somber tone for the next one, I have that Jesus Christ was an incarcerated person who received the death penalty. Is that true or false?
2: It's absolutely true. That is what the passion of the Christ was. It was him walking that long road To that hilltop, being strung up on a cross, as Christian people, we center so much on the fact that he made that ultimate sacrifice to save us from our sins. But ultimately, he was doing so because in that time and in that era, that's what the law called for. And the law was deeply unjust. Um. So he was absolutely incarcerated. He absolutely faced the death penalty. The good news is that his power outweighed all of that. But that doesn't mean that what was done to him or to any of God's people in that way was right.
1: Right. And that's what makes this recent string of heartless executions of folks on death row by the Trump administration even more confusing because it is said that those recent executions are another deliberate appeal to a Christian evangelical base. And that just, I mean, to anyone with common sense, that is so confusing and so disheartening.
2: It is. It's frightening. It's scary. It's sad because it is a fundamental misreading of precisely what the word says. I remind people all the time, and Brian Stevenson talks about this all the time, right? And he is famously somebody who has been fighting the death penalty for a very long time. But, you know, Micah 6'8", says that the Lord requires that you love mercy, that you act justly, and that you walk humbly. Like, it's so clear in black and white. You do not have to misinterpret this. And there's nothing just about deciding that we are judge and jury, right? Matthew talks about, in the New Testament, talks about the fact that we are not here to judge other people. That is only God's job, which means that I cannot declare somebody unfit to live in this world. It's not something we should be taking within our hands And it's certainly not the kind of country that I want to live in that would do that. And certainly that would speed it along to uh, appeal to people politically. It's sick.
1: Mm, Absolutely. On a slightly higher note, your final question has arrived. Jesus Christ ceded his throne to Mariah Carey, the rightful queen of Christmas.
2: Is this true or false? You know what? I'll say it's true. It's fine. Yes! Okay! (laughs) Congratulations! It's true. She's the queen of Christmas. You can't give it to anybody else. It's true. She was placed here on earth to make us jolly.
1: <laughs> to bring <laughs> to us, us Christmas joy. something to joy. sing
2: about, to bring us cheer, to bring glad tidings and good news to all of the boys and girls and all of the people during this beautiful season. So I think that's true.
1: Yes, Archangel Mariah Carey, the Archangel of Christmas. <laughs> she has a voice of God. No one can deny that. Congratulations, Brittany Packnett Cunningham. You have won this game. Would you like to hear what your prize is? Absolutely. You have won me a prize of taking Dr. Darian's credit card to the Prada store. Thank you so much.
2: (laughs) Yay! Okay, so here's my only request. Can you just slide me something? I mean, (laughs) thanks, Dr. Darian, for our Christmas gifts.
1: Yes, I'm going to have to talk to your husband about that. I have some ideas. I will send him some links. But before I let you go, I would be remiss to not talk about and we've already kind of hinted at it. This immense irony of the the celebration of of Christ's life that exists in our world as we know it. And I will make the distinction here that obviously you talk about you're coming from a black Christian church and I grew up in in white Catholicism. So, I know a very different Jesus than the one that you got to know your whole life. But how do you think that these different factions of Christianity have, I guess, shaped the American political system that we're living in now? And how do we even begin to heal if so many people don't really understand who Jesus is?
2: Yeah, I think this is the fundamental question, right? I grew up actually doing a lot of interfaith work. So we growing up would go to Services at synagogues and at, Jewish folks would come over and have church with us. And, you know, I spent time in mosques growing up. And it was a, a reminder that the world is much bigger than my block, my church, the dominant religion of my country. And to recognize that if I fundamentally believe that God is love and that God created all of these different kinds of kinds of people who believe all of these different kinds of things, then it can't be my job to stand as judge and jury of all of them. It has to be my job to actually focus on making that love come to pass through all of the ways that people are impacted, through the systems and structures and institutions that people can either experience love or oppression, right? And so many of our institutions are perpetuating the very oppression that I believe Christ stood against. I think that you're asking the fundamentally correct question. And if we think about God as love and Jesus as a liberator, then I think we can get on the right path. I think it's also important to really recognize though that even in the difference between all of these sects, Nobody's gotten it all the way quite right. It took Reggie, my husband and I, about a year to find a church that was culturally Black and believed in liberation theology and that also affirmed LGBTQ people. And it was really important to us to do that because we didn't want to be hypocrites saying one thing and then giving our tithes to support something else. And a lot of Christian folks of all backgrounds, of all racial backgrounds, are far too comfortable believing political rhetoric that people have mistaken for religious rhetoric, and thinking that our LGBTQ family and siblings do not belong in the body of Christ, are not people of value and beautiful humanity. So there's a lot of work for all of us to do, all of these different sects and denominations. But what I think it ultimately comes down to is us doing our own reading, doing our own research, and having conversations with the creator. Because... All of that stuff will be made clear. And at the end of the day, if it isn't made of love, it's not the thing we should do.
1: Right. You know, it's funny you say that, especially about the interfaith work, because the person who initially framed Jesus in this way for me was a Muslim woman, Linda Sarsour. Mm, Um, I was doing a panel for Muslim Women's Day at Twitter headquarters, and Linda asked me about my own religious background and I scoffed and I made, you know, a, a really rude comment about Catholicism as I'm known to do. And Linda said, isn't it funny that someone like you would be so turned away from Christianity considering who, you know, your Messiah is? That's not a direct quote. It was the the sentiment of her quote. Sure. And then she was the one who said Jesus was an asylum-seeking refugee with a radical politic who was an activist. And so, you yep. know, she was the one who pushed me back towards Jesus. Not in a way that was like, go to church again and all that. She just like encouraged me to do a deeper and more critical reading the same way that I was doing a deeper and more critical reading of everything else in my life, whether that was about my sexuality or my gender politics or my affiliations with different political parties, you know? And so that idea that we allow religion to go less discovered or we accept the word as it's preached just by pastors or by priests or by popes and that we don't find what religion should and could mean for each of us is obviously something that has led to doing this podcast and figuring out how faith can better inform a more equitable world. And so I see you doing that with your work and I find it very inspiring. Oh,
2: I appreciate that. And
1: I love that that faith is at the heart of your work and, and not in a way that like scares me. Do
2: you know what I, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. I know what you mean. Because sometimes I look at other people who say they read the same Bible I did and they scare me. So I understand. I try to read the Bible every night before I go to bed and I've been deep in the songs. Like I've just been reading them one by one by one. And it's interesting because people think of that as a book of praise and adoration to God. And it is. But the writers in the book, Hezekiah, David, all these other writers, they are so honest about why they are praising God. They're like, the enemy encamped me and God saved me, right? These people, this nation, this entire nation tried to oppress me and my people and God rescued us, right? So like, we have to actually remember that fundamentally, it comes down to what one of the Psalms says, I think it's um, 103, Psalm 103 It says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Like that is God's function, right? That the expression of love that God gives us through Jesus Christ is to work righteousness and justice for everyone who is oppressed. If you understand that fundamentally, you don't have to be one of these scary folks out here who are taking rights from people. You can actually be somebody after God's own heart, somebody who doesn't have contempt for God, who doesn't grieve God, but somebody, but somebody who actually tries to model yourself after Christ, whether you believe in him or not. Um, that's a It's a beautiful opportunity to have the privilege as human beings to do that for one another and to do that for our communities. And I'm hoping that more people take that call seriously.
1: Yes, it can seem that history does not favor the oppressed in in so many different ways, right? But it is a good reminder that every empire that built itself off of oppressing people has fallen. That's right. And there's nothing to say that our modern empires, the empires in which we live, and the systems and institutions in which we live and operate and uphold, there's nothing to say that these are also not fragile enough to fall. That's right. By focusing on this ancient wisdom, whether or not you believe in the spirituality of all of it, obviously is anyone's individual journey and choice, but by focusing Mm -hmm. on the ancient wisdom that lies at the root of, as you pointed out, many different faiths that if you center the people who are marginalized, you will find happiness and liberation. Whether you believe that is spiritual liberation, access to heaven, or just a better and healthier relationship with yourself and your loved ones in your own life. I think that is what the wisdom of Christmas Day is trying to impart on all of us. I love that. Couldn't agree more. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Merry Christmas. I hope you get everything that you asked for. Thank you. Trump is already being pushed out of office. So that's one (laughs) gift we can cross off the list.
2: That's definitely a good gift. And let me know what we're getting from Prada.
1: Okay. I will definitely, absolutely, (laughs) 100% keep you posted on that. Let me go get Dr. Darian's wallet as we speak.
2: All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, dear. Love you, Brittany. Thank you. Love you too. We'll be right back.
1: When it comes to scents, you should pick ones that smell like, well, you. Target gets it, which is why they offer a range of personal care products with fragrances for everyone. Be true to Floral You with Dove Peony and Rose Body Wash. Live your fresh life with Degree Ultra Clear Deodorant. Express your decadent side with Love, Beauty, and Planet Coconut Shampoo. This spring, choose care that brings you joy beyond labels. Pick up new favorites at a Target near you or online at Target.com. After this.
0: Businesses have had to be flexible this year, from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival and growth. And, you know, uh, restaurants have had to move their dining outdoors, and then they had to do entirely takeaway and catering, and some consumer packaged good companies have shifted to focus more on surface cleaners, and major retailers are selling face masks. I got like six from Target. So if you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging, especially if you have to hire for brand new roles. Thankfully, there's one place that you can always count on to make hiring faster and easier. Thank ZipRecruiter.com slash unholy. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job boards with just one click. And then, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash unholy. At ZipRecruiter.com slash unholy. Let ZipRecruiter take hiring off. Off your plate so you can focus on growing your business. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash unholy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
1: Okay, everyone, with your new year's resolutions coming up, maybe you're thinking about dry January. And there is an amazing solution slash alternative for you to consider. And that is Kin Euphorics. Unholier Than That is is brought to you by Kin Euphorics. And I have been drinking Kin Euphorics every day for the past three weeks. And let me tell you something without an ounce of irony these drinks have legitimately changed my life. You know that like afternoon slump that you get after you have tons of cold brew in the morning, and you just can't pick yourself up off of your desk after 3 p.m. Kin Euphorics legitimately changed that whole afternoon slump for me. It turns that afternoon slump into a complete new high. So I am spreading the gospel of Kin Euphorics here on Unholier Than Thou. Basically, Kin Euphorics is the first non-alcoholic drink for grown-ups who care about the little things like. I don't know, brain function, hormone harmony, great sex, and de-stressing after an insane day. They're stacked with the good stuff and none of the bad. Think adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms that help curb stress in the moment and over time, as well as nootropics that support cognitive function like clarity, memory, and creativity. Kinuforix designed three mood-defining drinks for every occasion. It's like the Spotify of beverages. High Road hosts an herbaceous flavor and a feeling of lifted mind and relaxed body, great for social hour. I actually reach for high road after a long day and you can add a splash of club soda or tonic with a squeeze of lime. It's perfect for when you're looking for a way to kick back without the compromise. Personally, I just kind of drink it and sip on it like it's a shot and it's lovely. Kin Spritz is a sparkling Aperol-like brain boost without the crash or hangover. I crack open a Spritz around 4 p.m. to beat my afternoon slump and shift from work into play mode. And Dreamlight is a booze-free nightcap that tastes like an amaro and melts away stress. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby, have wonderful dreams, and wake up feeling awesome. Thanks, Dreamlight. We've worked out a special deal for the Unholier Than Now podcast listeners. Receive 15% off plus free shipping on your order. Go to kin slash unholy or use code unholy at checkout to claim this deal. That's K-I-N-E-U-P-H-O-R-I-C-S dot com slash unholy. Attention, my sweet sinners, saints, and loyal subjects. Next week will be the last episode of the first season of Unholier Than Now. That's right. We're ending season one on Christ's birthday. What a way to go out. We've had an absolute blast making the show with Crooked and, of course, all of you. So make sure you're following us on social for alerts on what's coming next. I'm an absolute delight if I do say so myself on Instagram. So you can follow me, my cats, and my unwilling fiancé at at PFPicardi. Don't worry, we'll drop the links in the episode description. And of course, we're leaving you on a high note. Next week's episode answers the age-old question. Was Mary a virgin who can't drive? Give me the ultimate Christmas gift by subscribing, leaving a review, and rating the show five stars. It'll help us face off against those dastardly conservative Christians. Stay safe, stay blessed, and I'll see you next week for our last supper. Sorry, stupid jokes. Unfollier than now is a crooked media production. Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Sydney Rapp is our assistant producer, with production support from Ruben Davis. Veronica Simonetti is our sound engineer and editor. The theme song is by Takuya Suzawa and the show is executive produced by me, Lyra Smith, and Sarah Geismer. Thanks for listening.
2: If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512.24 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards.